Okay, good morning everyone. Welcome to the Koilel Agra de Pirka of Kew Garden Hills, New York. And uh, now that we have the, under the circumstances, so we're uh, uh, operating under a number of different venues. So we're on the Zoom here, we're on the phone line. And we want to remind everyone, you could always catch the shear on TorahAnytime.com as well as on podcast, as well as on Shas Illuminated. Okay, so Bruch uh, welcome everyone. Uh, we were going to put a link to the new Sefer, but it's not available right now on the, uh, ch- there's no chat on the Zoom, but if anybody wants to order the new Sefer on Hanukkah, you could go to uh, our new website, rabbidg.com, and uh, it's available for order on Hanukkah or the new Sefer on Rav Meir as well. Okay, so let us begin. Uh, we're going to speak about a subject that is not recorded anywhere. Not on Tarni Time, not on Shas Illuminated, not on Padcast. This is not a shear that... Uh, this shear I gave such a long time ago, it was before uh, the electricity was discovered even. There, were, there was no technology back then. And... Um, we're going to try to enhance and elaborate on a very uh, interesting observation on Parshas Vayishlach primarily and on Parshas Vayetze as well. Okay, so let us uh, begin. We're going to start with the comments of the Svarno. The Svarno is uh, Parshas Vayeshev. And the Svarno tells us, Vayeshev Yaakov, Vayeshev Yaakov Yeres, Megurei Aviv, Yeres, Kinoan Eile, Eiledois Yaakov. These are the Toldois of Yaakov. Yosef. So the Svarno says, what does it mean? These are the children of Yaakov, because it doesn't list the children of Yaakov. It just talks about the uh, happening, so to speak. Rabbi Maskowitz, uh, if you could mute the phone line, so I don't hear the uh, background noise, thanks. Um, so, Ela, sorry, if I could uh, ask everybody on the phone to just kindly mute, mute your phones. Thank you. Ela told us Yaakov. Somebody else may not be muted, but I'm muted. Oh, no, I'm the phone line. Okay. Ma'oyrav, the happenings, the yaldeyoyim, and the occurrences of the day, alav. Achar sheyashav sham after he lived there. Meaning, what happened to Yaakov after he lived there? Kimei az sheyatsa mi beis aviv. When Yaakov left his father's house, and that took place in Parshas Toldos, hayu inyanav kamei kairosa begalus rishain. What happened to Yaakov Avinu when he left his father's house? When he left to Lavan, that was the pre-enactment and the maseyavay simin labanim to what happened to the Jewish people in our first exile. When Yaakov returned to the land of the sojourning of his father, then what happened to him, what happened to us during the second temple period, and its destruction, and the exile, and the redemption. Now, the Isfarno is revealing to us a very interesting point. Then when Yaakov Inu left his father's house, that was a reference to Chorben Bayis Rishon. But when he came back to Yitzchak Avinu, 
in Parshas Vayishlach, then everything that occurred to him was the pre-enactment of what would occur to the Jewish people in the time of the second Beis HaMikdash and the destruction of the second Beis HaMikdash. So if you would want to know, where is there a remez to the um, dangers of the Yavanim and the Chur, the the Golos of Yavan and the Sakana of the Greek exile, that would have to be found in Parshas Vayishlach Anan. When ya- once Yaakov Avinu returns to Eretz Megure Aviv. Now the Or Gedal Yahu, Rav Gedal Yashor, in Parshas Vayishlach, he takes two Midrashim, and amazingly he, he combines them together, and both of these med- Midrashim are commenting on a Pasuk at the end of the third parak of Sefer Eoiv, where Eoiv says, Parak Gimel Pasuk Chafhe, Loi Shalavti, I did not have shalva, tranquility, v'loi shakatati, and I did not have respite, v'loi nachti, and I did not have menucha, v'yavoi roigez, all I had was anger. Okay, if if you happen to have a Sefer Eov accessible to you, let's say um, you're standing by the western wall, so right on the left side of the, there's a little bookcase, they have a Tanakh over there, or uh, wherever you might be standing, so I see Michael, you and Rabbi Obam Shul. Right, right over there, there should be a, a Sefer Eov. Yeah, so uh, if you look at the end of the third parak of Sefer Eov, we find that Eov said, I did not have Shalva, Hashgate, Menucha. All I had was Roigez. And very interestingly, there are two Midrashim on this Pasuk. The Argadal Yahu brings, if you look on your sheet, he brings the Bracious Rabbah, Parsha Peidah Roisbeis, Loi Shalavti, I didn't have tranquility from Esav. Veloi Shakarati, I didn't have respite, Milavan. Veloi Nachati, and I didn't have Menucha, Medina. Vayavai Roigez, Ba'alai Roigzoi Shal Yosef. I had the trouble of Yosef. Umatzina B'makam Acher, we find elsewhere, Shadarshu in Shemois Rabbah, Vayavai Amalek, Says the Argadal Yahu, Bez Matimos. These two Midrashim, they are they match. They are symmetrical. Why? Yaakov Avinu experienced these four tsaras, meaning Lavan, Dina, excuse me, Esav, Lavan, Dina, and Yosef. And they correspond somehow to Bavel, Madai, Yavan, and Edom. Now, I would have thought that Edom, Roigez, corresponded to Esav. No. Yaakov Avinu traverse these four tsarais as a preparation that they would have the ability to withstand the test This was all under the guise of not the guise but under the rubric of not just like a simon not just it was a remez to it but literally when Yaakov Avinu 
was able to withstand these four tests that gave Klal Yisrael the wherewithal to be able to overcome the four Malchios. It gave the Kayach to the coming generations to pave the way that when they will be Bitsara, Ukaloshan Hamedrish, like the Medrash says, Say Ukvoish Lohem Eshadarach, go and conquer the road. Uba Avuroi, Uve Avroi Dal Tsarsela, Nosengar Sheyafzikamayim Vadal Goliath. This gave us the ability to withstand. Uba Emes Dalit Tsarsela Elohim Doimim Lahadalit Goliath. The four personal tragedies and difficulties that Yaakov went through and experienced are very similar to the Dalit Golias. Vachot Sara Mechuva Neged Golas Echad. Each Sara is connected a different Sara and different Golas. So we, for our purposes, we are going to... Now, uh, to me it's very interesting that the Tsara of Yosef corresponds to the Tsara of Edoim. As we know, Yosef is, so to speak, the antidote to Edoim. So the difficulty of Yosef and the anger of Yosef is, so to speak, a pre-enactment of the difficulty of Edom. However, for our purposes, we're going to focus on the words, Velo Nachti, and I did not rest. That refers to Tsaras Dina, and that refers to Tsaras Yavan. Venamoid al Nakuda Tsarshal Dina Vahagzershal Yavan, and we're going to see how the the uh, difficulty and the Tsara of Dina is very similar to the decree of Yavan. Not only are we going to see how they're Doimeh, both in the manner of the Gzeira and in the hidden intent behind the Gzeira and in what precipitated the Gzeira. Now, just like Golos Yavan was unique in its kind because it was the only Golos was when we, uh, we were living in Eretz Yisrael. Right? Bavel, we were exiled from Israel. Persia, we were in uh, the aftermath of Bavel. Edom, we were exiled from Eretz Yisrael. The only Golos that was extant while the temple stood was Golos Yavan. So, so too, so too the Tsara of Dina was when Yaakov returned to Eretz Yisrael. Lavan is when we left. Edom, Esav, is when he, before he got to the land. Not the, like the other Tsars that, which were um, connected to Chutzaretz. This is all Marumas in the drush of Chazal, V'loi Nachti. V'loi Nachti is Yavan, and V'loi Nachti is Dina. Because the Tsara of Dina happened when Yaakov Avinu returned to the land. The Mepharshim explained the word Nachti is a lashon of Menuchas Hanefesh. Because they had Menucha at that time. They had a, a glimmer of Menucha. Namely, they had the Beis HaMikdash. They were in Eretz Yisrael. We know the Mikdash is sometimes referred to as Menucha. El HaMenucha v'el HaNachala. That's a drasha on Shilai and Yerushalayim. So Yaakov Avinu was in the Makam HaMikdash. Like it says, Vayal and Sham. When he got, in other words, when Yaakov Avinu went to the Makam HaMikdash, what did he do? He slept there. Why is he sleeping there? Because it's on the Madrega. Uh, the Makam HaMikdash is the Makam of Menucha. So too, just like the Tsara of Dina was in Eretz Yisrael, the Tsara of Yavan was when we had a Beis HaMikdash, and the Yavanim disturbed our Menucha, Nachti. We have a temple, but we don't have the Menucha of the temple. And therefore, Klal Yisrael bemoans the, their state 
Namely, we were in a state of Nachti, we did not have Menucha. Furthermore, says Rav Gadal Yashar, he says, even in the manner of the Gezerah, the manner of the Gezerah of Yavan, well, what did Yavan try to do? They tried to contaminate the sanctity of the Jewish people. The Yavan made the Gezerah, any, any Jewish woman who gets married has to have relations with the general first. Tibor Latavs or Tchila. They wanted to be Mavatel, the difference between Kaliso and the Amim. That's why they were Mavatel Mila. They were Mavatel Mila. That's what Shechem and Chamar wanted to do with the Ma'is of Dina. They wanted to uh, defile the sanctity of the Jewish people and defile Dina. Just like Chazal say, the Ivanim were Goizer, Kol Tibal Tafsar Tchila. The Ivanim also, they abolished Mila. They want to be be mavatel, the hevdel, between the guf of the Jew and the guf of a guy. They want, we say that sanctity, the Kedusha Saguf belongs only to the Jew. And we say that an akum that does mila is still an oral. Because it's not dependent on the act of mila, but the akum has no connection to the Kedusha Saguf, which is brought by the mila. That's why Geros is dependent on Mila, because Geros is a sign of uh, Kedusha in the Guf itself. Now, uh, maybe I would say it's slightly different than uh, the Rav Gedal Yashor. He says the men of Shechem agreed to mal themselves because they wanted to be Mavatel, the Hevdel, between them and Klal Yisrael. They wanted to have a Shaykhaz to Mila. Maybe we could say this was Yaakov Avinu's way of preparing the Refuah for the Golas of Yavan. In other words, Yaakov Avinu knew that in Golas Yavan they would try to be Mavatel the Mila, and therefore he instituted in this Golas, which was the pre-enactment of Golas Yavan, he instituted that they should Davka be, be Noyeg the Mila, so to speak, to counteract the upcoming Zera. Now, amazingly, what's the first thing Yaakov Avinu does after the episode with Dina? So the Rebbe Hashem tells him, you know, you made a neder, and you said you're going to pour oil on the mezbeach, and you're going to rededicate the mezbeach. Says Rebbe Gedal Yeshur, after the Maisa of Dina, we find that Yaakov Avinu was commanded to build the mezbeach. Like it says, Yom Elokim Al Yaakov, Kumalei Beisel, Veshev Sham Ba'asei Sham Mezbeach, to make a special mokoim for Hashras Hashchina. Just like the Chashmonoim after the episode of Chanukah, they rededicated the Mikdash, but most notably... They rededicated the Mizbeach. The Gemara Navoid says, The Mizbeach Shashiktsu Anshe Yavan. The Yavanim defiled the Mizbeach. So just like in the times of Hanukkah, the, the, the Mizbeach was rededicated, Yaakov Avinu, in the aftermath of Tzara's Dina, he also rededicates the Mizbeach. Now, the Ibn Ezra says that the Pasuk, Eloi Hei Hanecha Asher Remove the foreign gods that are amidst you. That is a remez that you need to have purity of thought. That the erection of the Mizbeach and the place of Hashra Sashchina needs to be with absolute tahara, without any semblance of Tumah. Similar to the Chinuch HaMikdash that the Chashmonoim did after the victory of the Yavanim to be Metahar the Mikdash from any Tumah. And a miracle happened. What happened? And they were able to light with pure oil. Now it's interesting. Again, the Ibn Ezra says, 
Remove the Remove any impurity. So Rabbi Shor points out in the times of Hanukkah they technically could have done the Avodah Betuma. They didn't need Shemen Tahar, but as all the Mepharshim say, that even though Tumah Hutcho it's still called a carbon Hanasa Betuma. For example, he says, we know there's an Isser to break the bone of a carbon Pesach. However, even though Tumah Hutcho by the carbon Pesach, if you do bring the Pesach Betuma, you're allowed to break a bone. Because even though you're allowed to bring the carbon, it's still a, a, a carbon betumah, and the Yisr of Shviras Etzim does not apply. So when the Chashvanoim came to be Metaher, the Beis Hashem, they wanted to be Metaher, just like Yaakov Inu had to free and clear his family from all Elohei Hanechar, the Chashvanoim wanted to be Metaher, the Avoidah, in every possible way, and therefore they lit... Only with Shemen Tahar. It, was, it would not suffice to light with Shemen Tameh because they wanted to be Mechanech the Menar Tahara. Furthermore, since they wanted to inaugurate, and this was the, a new beginning, we don't say Tomahutra Betzibar in the beginning, just like Yaakov Avinu inaugurated the Mizbeach, similar to the command that the Bnei Yaakov had to eradicate any Avodazara among them. So there should not be any impression of Avodah Zarah. So Yaakov Avinu says of Gedalia, Heichin haderech la'achashmanam shiu b'yichotam l'tayra b'yishamikdash b'kol shemez shel tumah and ti mechanich l'mezbeach. By the way, the Rav Gedalia Shur adds that we find in Pekadur Belezer that when Yaakov Avinu went up to Basel, he placed there the Evan HaShesiyah. So not only did he rededicate the Mizbeach, but he laid the foundations for all of the Beis HaMikdash, so it was, in effect, a, a um, Chanukah of the Beis HaMikdash itself. Now, the Medrash Rabbah says on the Pasuk, Vayoymer Kim al Yaakov, Kum Alei Beisel, that because Yaakov delayed fulfilling his nether, he made a nether to God. Right? So he promised that this stone would be the house of God, and he delayed. And Chazal say, because he delayed, he had, he had the tsara of Dina, because he delayed. So why were Klal Yisrael in the times of the Yavanim punished that they defiled the Beis HaMikdash and they had Saras Yavan? The Bach says, we were Nisrashel Ba'avoida. Mamish parallel to Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu delayed in fulfilling his nether to establish the Evan Hashsi on the Makam HaMikdash. And because of that, he had Saras Dina. So too, in the times of the Chashmonam, they were Nisrashel Ba'avoida. So too, they had Saras Yavan. Until they were Moiser Nefesh to restore the Avoida. So that, in a sense, is Mamish like Saras Dina. That came because Yaakov was Nisrashel. So in other words, Yaakov was Nisrashel in fulfilling his neder, and he had Saras Dina. So Klal Yisrael, they were Nisrashel in the times of the Mikdash, and they had Saras Yavan. The Yavanim were Goizer 
to defile the Kedusha of Klal Yisrael, Tibal, Tafsar, Tchila, so to Saras, Dina parallel that. Yaakov Avinu, we want to say, instituted Mila to counteract the Gezerah of the Yavanim, who are Mavatel Mila. And Yaakov Avinu was commanded to purify his household and his thoughts and not to have any Tumah, the rededication, which he did specifically of the Mizbeach, so too in the times of Hanukkah, they did not rely on the Heter of Tumah, Hutra, B'tzibor. Marvra Aboisai, when did Saras Dina happen? When Yaakov returned back to the Holy Land. The Svarno says, that is a portent to the Tsarais of Bayesheni Anan, namely Hanukkah. By the way, the Chafetz Chaim teaches... that the encounter of Yaakov and Esav in the beginning of the parsha is, so to speak, a remez to the Achris Hayamim and a remez to the fact that at the head of Yaakov's camp were the Bnei Hashvachos and their children um, to indicate that in the end of days the leaders of the Jewish people will be... Uh, instead of G'dayle Yisrael, will be others, similar to what Yaakov Avinu did, that he put the Bnei Hashvachos and their children first. Okay, my Rabbi say, whenever I have a chance to uh, speak about the great Tanner of Meir, you know, we always have to take uh, advantage of that. And we could say as well, as Rashi says in the beginning of the parasha, Vayira Yaakov Ma'od Vayetzer Lai. And Rashi says, Yaakov was afraid that Esav would kill him, and he He was afraid he would kill others. And we've said many times, why didn't Rashi say that he was afraid he would kill Esav? What are these others? So we mentioned from many, many sources that because of an episode that happened, Rav Meir was asked to leave the base Hamedrash, and he was given a new name, Achirim. We don't say over Torah in the name of Rav Meir, but Rav Shem Gamliel instituted that from henceforth we're going to call him Achirim. And we know Rabbi Meir came from Esav. When Neron Kezar was sent out to attack and destroy Yerushalayim, he fled, he converted. V'nafak minei Rameir. So Yaakov Avinu was afraid, Shemayarog Achirim, that if he would kill Esav, he would end up killing uh, Rabbi Meir. Now why in this context is Yaakov Avinu so scared that he's going to kill Rabbi Meir? So based on what we're learning from the Svarno, it comes out very beautiful that when Yaakov Avinu is returning back to the Holy Land, that represents um, the Chorben Bayesheni until the Ikvesad de Meshicha, which is the time in our history which we especially need the Shita of Rameir, that no matter what Madriga we're on, we are always the children of Hashem. So that's an idea that uh, we've mentioned in the past. Now, what I would like to do today, Rabbi Isai, is based on this Argedal Yahu, that Saras Dina is, so to speak, a portent to the the difficulty and the Tzara of the Yavanim. So it would have to be that the miracle of Hanukkah would also be alluded to in this week's Parsha. And, in fact, we find something rather amazing. I believe that the miracle of Hanukkah is alluded to in in opposite order, even before the Tzara of Dina, and we could consider this what we call 
creating the refuah before the Makkah. In other words, we say And the Tsar of Dina was a portent to the Tsar of the Yivanim. And there is a miracle here in this parsha, which is similar to the miracle of Hanukkah, which actually transpires before Tsaras Dina. In effect, the Yivan Shem is paving the way for the Yeshua before even setting into motion the Makkah. And that is, we have earlier on Parshas Vayishlach, Vayivasar Yaakov Levada, Yaakov remained alone. Amru Chazal, Chazal tell us, and this is the Chazal Rabin Bechayi brings, Al Tikri Levadoi El Lechadoi. Yaakov went back, not for not alone, but for his bottle. Yaakov left a jug. Says the Shach Al HaToyah, May Ayin Boloi Zeakad, where did this jug come from? When Yaakov put the stones by his head, and he woke up in the morning of Matzah, and he found one stone. They all got together and they fused together to be one stone. And he had a fortification there of a jug of oil. And he poured it on the stone. And the jug filled up again. You hear what happened? Yaakov poured out the jug of oil. And when he finished pouring, the jug was full. Yaakov knew this was a special jug. I can't leave it here. This was the shaman that ultimately was used to anoint the Mishkan. And this was the Aaronubanov. I think that's a typo. It should say Milachim, kings. And it's still extant. This is the jug of oil of the Isha Hatsarfis. This is the jug that Elio told her. The jug of oil will not be depleted. This was a jug of oil of the wife of Ovadia that she used it to pay off her debts. That there be so many miracles with it. He endangered his life to go get it. And he brought it. So the Shach Torah goes so far as to say, so many miracles occurred with this jug. The one miracle he does not bring down that occurred with this jug is, he does not say this was the jug used to pour into the menorah in the times of Hanukkah. However, there is an amazing sefer called Yam HaTalmud, Rav Moshe Yeshua Heschel, which I believe he published it together with a relative named Rav Yosef Shaul Halevi Natanzan. And in his Hakdama, he has an expanded version of the Shach, and he says, the agav de asikna bemili de Chanukah. Once I'm talking about matters of Chanukah, echtev kan. Let me tell you, Masha Amarti v'yishiv koshes ha'poiskim, amasha anu madlikim shmane yomim, kimen shanes lo herak al shiva yomim, bovad to ha al yom echad hoyashem en roi ladlik. 
I bet you never heard this question before. Why is Hanukkah eight days if the miracle was they found oil that lasted, that could have lasted for one day, and it lasted miraculously an additional seven days? So the miracle was seven days, so why do we celebrate Hanukkah for eight days? Right? You never heard that question before. You know who asked that question? The Beis Yosef. Did you know that? It's amazing. It's a good thing we learned something new today. And the Yama Talmud wants to offer a new answer to this question. Now look what he says. V'hanira, dinei matzasi b'sefer b'cha shmuel in the name of the Shachal Torah that that jug of oil that Yaakov poured on the stone, he, it was revealed to him, the pach, and he saw all the miracles. This is the Shemen that the Kalim of the Mikdash were anointed with. And the Melachim, and Eliyahu, and the Tsarfis. The Oisai HaPach Nizgale Gam Levnei Chashmai Noi. Wow. So here we have, according to the Berch HaShmuel, that this, in fact, was the miraculous uh, jug that was discovered by Yaakov Avinu. That was the jug that ultimately would be used in the times of Hanukkah. So it was revealed to Yaakov Avinu. The great jug of oil that would produce the miracle of Hanukkah. Mavra Boisai, does anybody know what day of the year did Yaakov Avinu pass away? Sukkis. His yard side is Sukkis. It's brought in the... Um, in the Medrash uh, that, that records the chronology of the Avais HaKadoshim that Yaakov Avinu was Niftar on, on Sukkot. Now how long did they mourn Yaakov Avinu? Uh, 30 days and then they embalmed him 40 days. So a total Vayitmu Shivim Yoim 70 days from Tesvav Tishrei takes you to what? Chafhei Kislev takes you to Hanukkah. So there is a, a very great connection between Yaakov Avinu and Hanukkah. And here we're learning that it was revealed to Yaakov Avinu the jug of Hanukkah. Now, so it comes out the miracle was for all eight days, says the, the Yama Talmud, because even on the first day, the jug was filled after it was finished using. So I, I just think it's uh, of note that the whole episode of Yaakov Avinu with Dina. He was Nisrashel in building the Mizbeach, and therefore he had the Tsar of Dina, similar to Chal Yisrael in times of Hanukkah. They were Nisrashel, and they had the Tsar of Yavan, and Dina was abducted, and she was violated, similar to the Xer of the Yavanim, and Yaakov instituted Mila, Keneged the Yavanim, and then Yaakov ultimately restores the Mizbeach, Keneged the Hanukkah Samizbeach. It is certainly of note then, and we would expect then, that in the lifetime of Yaakov Avinu, there should be a pre-enactment of the miracle of Hanukkah. And sure enough, to me it's of note, even before the whole Gezerah of Dina, we have Yaakov Avinu discovering the Pach Shemen of the Chashmanoim, pouring it on the uh, on the Evan. In other words, Riban Sham is Boire the Rafua even before the Makkah. And uh, interestingly, the entire episode, both the Tzara and the Yeshua, are alluded to in the lifetime of Yaakov Avinu. Now, one more thing. There's an amazing Megala Amukais. We know in last week's parsha, Parsha's Vayetze. 
So really, this, this whole episode extends... Think for a moment, Rabbi Yisai. Yaakov Avinu, he went back for the jug in the beginning of Ayishlach. But the miracle of the oil was experienced all the way back in the beginning of Ayetzeh. So the episode of Hanukkah is really stretches from beginning of Ayetzeh where Yaakov Avinu experiences the miracle of Hanukkah, where he leaves behind the jug and he has to go back to get in the beginning of Ayishlach. And then the Tzara of Dina is sort of, so to speak, toward the middle of Parshas Ayishlach. At the end of Ayetzeh, we have this discussion between Yaakov and Lavan. And Yaakov calls it Galed, and Lavan calls it Yegar Sohadusa. So there is a, an incredible Megala Amukais. Megala Amukais says, V'hinei ala posak, v'yikro loy Lavan, Yegar Sohadusa, v'yakov kar loy Galed. V'yoymer Lavan, ha'gal hazai b'ni u'v'necha yoym alken kar shemoy Galed. So it's written in the Sefer Megala Amukos. I once saw this in one of the Yeshurun uh, journals. He says, V'hashem shekaru layavan yegar sohadusa, yegar, reish yud gimel, 2.13. Meramez l'shnas reish yud gimel. This is a remez to the year 2.13. Keminyan yegar, lebinyan bayasheni. It's year 2.13 of when the second temple stood. By the way, this is a great piece of trivia. Nobody's going to... You know, the Rambam says the miracle of Hanukkah, uh, the Rambam says after the miracle of Hanukkah, they, uh, Malchus restored, was returned to the Jewish people for about 200 years. The way to remember that is the miracle of Hanukkah took place in year 213 that the second temple stood. Gematria Yegar, Reish Yud Gimel. That's when the Klippa of uh, Yavon got strong. And Antiochus shechted a chazer on the Mizbeach. So Yaakov Avinu, to counteract Yegar, he called it Galed, the name which is Merames on the Beis Hamikdash. Galed is Mesiaches to the Beis Hamikdash, like it says, Galed Atali Roish Halavanain. Yaakov Avinu was Merames to the Chashmanoim, who would eventually daven and pray that to the one who the tefillah of the Chashmonaim was, you heard the tefillah of Shmuel, Bahar HaGilad, please hear our tefillah, and they wanted to uh, be mechanich, mechadosh, the Beis HaMikdash, to the Chashmonaim, that uh, the Chashmonaim, uh, the Yuvanim, were, so to speak, ascended in the year Yigar, 213 of the Second Temple, and Luma said, Yaakov Avinu called it Galeb. So here we have in the whole lifetime of Yaakov Avinu, Yaakov Avinu experienced four tsarais. He said, Loi shalavti, that's Bavel. Loi shakarati, that's Madai. Loi nachti is Yavan. Vayavai roigez is Edoin. And nachti refers to Dina. And nachti refers to Yavan. And these two Tsarais are parallel of each other. These are both Tsarais that were precipitated by being the Sirashel Ba'avoida. They both culminated in the uh, pure rededication of the Mizbeach without relying on Tumah. Yaakov Inu was Hasiru Lehea Nechar Mitoicham, and the miracle of Hanukkah had been alluded to Yaakov Inu even prior to the Tsar of Dina in the beginning of Ayetzeh, and when Yaakov Inu returned, Lekadoi, not Levada, but Lekadoi, he was re- trying to ensure that before he would have to face the episode of Shechem, he would have within his possession that Kad Hashemen that would ultimately bring the miracle of Hanukkah. Okay, Rabbi, so that's what I got for you today. I want to wish everyone a wonderful day.
5.30 is the shir on the beer ha- on the uh, Igaris Hagra. And um, wishing everyone uh, Yoim Toiv. Kaltov, everyone. Thank you, Kaltov, Kaltov.